It's Tuesday, the 7th of February, 2017. I'm Robin Yellow, and this is Tectasm episode 45. One year in and nothing to show for it. And with me again, because he's one year older, is Mr. James Woodall. Hello, happy birthday, Tectasm. Happy birthday to you too, James. So one year ago, well, actually one year and one day ago, on the 6th of February, 2016, Tectasm episode 00, The Pilot, hit iTunes. It was a momentous day, wasn't it, James? It was, especially considering we both agreed beforehand The Pilot wouldn't actually air. <laughs> that could have been my my fault. Sorry. Still no looking back, James. Uh, let's forge ahead with this week's show, because this week we're going to be taking a look at uh, whether it's time to ditch that antivirus software and Microsoft finally have an answer to Chrome OS, and Google has a brain. Well, as usual, we'll be judging these stories and some others to tell you if there are a techtasm, which is a blend of tech for technology and tasm for phantasm, something existing only in a person's mind. So without further one-year-and-one-day waffle, let's get on with the show. So Sebastian Anthony in my favourite website, Ars Technica, is talking about antivirus software. Do you like antivirus software, Mr. Yellow? Not really, no. I run Chrome OS for most of the time, so therefore I don't actually use it. Well, um, effectively, um, this is a story um, from a discussion that was had with Robert O'Callaghan, a former Firefox developer, who effectively has come out and said that antivirus software is terrible, all AV vendors are terrible, and that you should uninstall your antivirus software immediately, except for Microsoft's Windows Defender, which is apparently okay. Do you know, it's always struck me as a bit of a racket, actually, AV software. Yeah, it, well, it, it, it is. I mean, effectively, what this, what this chap's saying, so Firefox developer, obviously, popular, well, ex-popular web browser, um, it's, it's basically said that um, antivirus vendors... What they effectively do is they add in a layer of so-called security in as many products on your PC as they possibly can. So, for example, in the case of Firefox, they were a huge, uh, I guess, extension that sat inside Firefox. And what they found is when developing when developing this browser, they would constantly try and reduce the memory and the CPU footprint, but these AV plugins would constantly uh, bloat the the browser. And they're effectively, what, what this chap's saying is that if you are a hacker um, and you've got no antivirus software, the hacker has to find the vulnerability in the web browser. If you're a hacker and you're targeting somebody with antivirus software, you target the vulnerabilities in the antivirus software. And for example, oh, Google's, really? Google's Pro- Project Zero last June found 25 high-severity bugs in Symantec Norm- Norton's security products. Well, if you think about it, I mean, the way that these antivirus companies make their money uh, is by uh, paying OEMs that make laptops uh, to put a trial version of their software into Windows 10 or or Mac OS so that they know that if they pay $35 to Dell, uh, the value of that is $60 to them because people will si- overall will sign up. You know, it may only be a small percentage, but people will sign up to the antivirus. 
uh, and it's a license to print money. Now, obviously, as people get perhaps wise to this, or the number of people who are, who are living in ignorance about antivirus software get wise to it, their revenues reduce. And it only, you know, it's logical that the quality of the software that they make will also reduce. And as you say, will uh, exhibit these high severity bugs and vulnerabilities uh, that Google found in Project Zero. Well, I mean, effectively, for a good antivirus software to work, it has to put itself between the user and the threat. But by doing so, it becomes the threat itself. Yes. And, um, hey, you know, the logic there is perfectly sound, really. I, I kind of enjoy the fact that this chap says that Microsoft's Windows Defender is pretty good. I mean, you'd like to think that the guys who make the operating system, they've got a good enough handle. And I know, directly speaking, Microsoft's security policies are internally, when releasing code, are very strict. So, you know, that that would probably make a lot, uh, a lot of sense. But the, the world of Windows has come a long way. I mean, if you think back when antivirus was in its heyday, Windows XP, you um, you were encouraged to run it in an, an administrator account. So, yes. you know, the security certainly on Windows XP previous was pretty terrible because it was well, so easy to disable everything. Well, I've always, I've used uh, on the Windows systems that I've used for the last 10 years, I've used the inbuilt uh Microsoft antivirus and Windows Defender in its wake um, simply because you know I'm aware of what threats there are and I'm aware of the signs and I don't do risky things like install software from unknown vendors um, or, or, or or you know I behave in a safe way online as I'm sure a lot, a lot of people like us James that work in the industry uh, do so therefore I've been happy to depend on it the issue is people who are ignorant of that will believe that, yeah. A, you know, viruses, they don't understand what viruses are, and therefore they feel they need antivirus in the same way that they might need a flu jab. And it's funny how the older you are, the more you think you need antivirus. Um, and, uh, and of course, you know, it is, it is an extortion scheme. I make you feel fear, uncertainty, doubt, and therefore you will pay me money. And that's fairly predictable how that will go. It's, yeah, it's um, interesting you say that. I was in the US last week and um, watching my favorite TV station, Fox News, and a, a lot of adverts were for antivirus software. And you're right, it's all about fear, things are going to get you, that kind of thing. When in reality... Most viruses in today's Windows get there because you've accepted them. Because now, so and this was, you know, Windows Vista, we have to thank for this. Everybody runs in a standard user account. If you want to do something nasty and horrible, unless there's an exploit and, you know, they're very rare, you have to accept it in one of those UAC pop-ups. So... Um, I know they get annoying, and I know people just blindly click on them anyway. But Microsoft have done a really good job reducing the attack space for for these um, these, these these viruses, and they're not really as prevalent as they used to be. Well, so if Windows Defender is issued by Microsoft, isn't it just you know a, a patch to the operating system? Why call it out as a separate product? I, I don't understand. I think because they have to, because otherwise people might not believe they've got antivirus. Ah, okay. So oh, maybe it's a, mark, a marketing tool. I mean, it is part of Windows, right? I mean, if I, yeah. I've got a fresh install of Windows 10 over here, if I start type Defender, you know, it, it pops up. It's quite happy. Um, 
it runs and it tells me everything's up to date. Yeah, the interface sort of tells you the last time it was updated, yep. uh, you know, with a with a file. And, it last scanned twenty fourth of January, so well, 12, 13 days ago, whatever it was. So yes. yeah, it's 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 pretty happy. But but the, I guess because antivirus vendors are also a big customer of Microsoft, Microsoft are probably obligated to. Um, to to allow them because it is possible for McAfee, for example, or Norton to override Windows Defender quite happily, and Microsoft won't complain about it. Um, what's really interesting here is this article talks about how people get concerned when they're told to turn off their antivirus because they've had ingrained in them the concept of good security. Because of course, yes. you know, fifteen years ago plus, you did need antivirus software. Because I remember my first day at uni. Uh, plugging in my PC to the network, and I got a virus in seconds. Yes, and I didn't do anything. You know, whereas you know that kind of stuff is, well, it's it's pretty hard to do now. Yes, um, because of it, was, uh, uh, the architecture was different in those days. Same name of product, but architecture was different. Do you run an antivirus on your Mac OS? Um, I don't really. I don't use Mac OS um, at all. No, but um, when Why I have did, you got a Mac then? I've what I've got a Mac, but it runs Windows. When I, when I did run macOS, I didn't use antivirus. I know they exist, but yes. um, I think because Macs have had a form of UAC from ver the very early days, they probably had the same, I guess, inherent security as Windows. Although Apple have had their own problems. I mean, for example, I remember back in OS X Tiger. I know this is going back a long time. The firewall was disabled by default brilliant <laughs> oh dear dear oh dear well so what's the tech tasm here james is this the end of antivirus software i blooming well hope so yeah okay well let's move on well in the verge this week tom warren reported that windows 10 cloud may be microsoft's fresh chrome os alternative now James, you'll remember Windows RT. You had an RT machine, I think. Yes, I did. Uh, do you remember Windows 8.1 with Bing? Um, I I remember reading about it. Thankfully, I avoided it. I think it was, you know, for a certain screen size, maybe 12 inch or less, uh, the OEMs didn't have to pay a license for Windows 8.1. And it had Bing uh, installed as the search engine, which you couldn't change. Uh, but it never really caught on. Well, now Microsoft are experimenting with another low-cost version of Windows called Windows 10 Cloud. Uh, now, apparently what's appeared in recent Windows 10 test builds is uh, evidence that Windows 10 Cloud will be a simplified version of Windows designed to run Microsoft's universal apps from the Windows Store. Now, James, you know all about these sort of development-y things, universal apps. What are they? Um, the, so the concept of a universal app is um, a way to package the application, and that's the crucial bit, so it can be easily installed and sandboxed on various different Windows-type devices. So devices or platforms that run Windows 10 universal apps are Microsoft Phones, Xbox, um, HoloLens, and, of course, Windows 10 Desktop itself, which includes the tablet variant. So what they've effectively done is they've created a unified developer platform where very easily you can target lots of different Microsoft platforms in the same way that if you can write an Android APK, which is the Android packager, 
you your application could target all the different Android devices, which includes TVs, watches, phones, tablets, etc., etc. So Windows 10... But Microsoft Windows, universal apps are proper apps, right? I mean, they're not just... A, it's not a web app or an HTML5 wrapped um, app. They don't have the same system access as a traditional Win32 native app. So you can't write, for example... I don't know why you would want to, but a driver, for example, a device driver. You can't go into the notification tray. Um, there's a few things that you can do. I mean, they're effectively sandboxed apps. Okay. Um, uh, I mean, for a while, you couldn't even use C++ to create them, but you can now, so... Well, I think in Google's case, in Chrome OS, they had a couple of attempts at having a rich development environment. I think it was called... Uh, well, they had Gears, didn't they? I want to say NACL. NACL. Um, yeah, it was it was a sandboxed, safe programming environment where you could program in Go or whatever. whatever, oh, whatever yes, compile. I've got that up, yeah. Yeah, and, um, and it would allow you to basically write things like games or very rich environments without having to use flash or anything else that would run in a in a web browser didn't really go anywhere and then of course in the chrome os's case there are there is a web store uh, chrome web store where you can install quotes apps that that run like apps and they appear on the taskbar but they're just wrapped html5 yeah i was reading those chrome apps they've been discontinued on windows and mac so they've yes kind of- the spark i mean it made sense before because i there's an application i use for development called postman which is all about doing web queries and whatever else and that was a chrome app and that was great because you could use the same thing across all the different the different browsers so um and now the only place you'll be able to run that is on a chrome os device yeah exactly which i think is going to restrict you know let's be honest the nice thing about chrome apps was chrome got apps for free because who writes an app for chrome right yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now yeah, they've, they've reduced that. It doesn't seem much much point. But, hey, the, the thing with Microsoft, though, is they've, they've already got the universal app framework. There's loads of apps available for it. Um, brilliant. This is this is a good a good thing, I guess. Well, James, it's not clear when Microsoft planned to deliver this new Windows 10 cloud version, but early references in the uh, are to the creator's update to Windows 10, which is due in April, so it could be soon. Will you be rushing out to buy a copy? Um, I'm not so sure because I was bitten with the Windows RT thing, wasn't I? So uh, yeah, <laughs> then once bitten, so sure. twice shy. Yeah, definitely. Let's move on. Okay, well, um, Sebastian Anthony again in my favourite website, Ars Technica, is talking about Google Brain. Now, I'm sure you've seen those TV episodes with all these fake techies who are looking at a really pixelated image and go, "Zoom in, enhance." And can you us- enhance that? Yes, can you enhance that? Yes, focus on that, sharpen that, brighten that up. Yeah, all of those made-up things that these ridiculous. Uh, and I always scream at the screen whenever that happens. Well, it turns out you'll be screaming no more because Google Brain has made it a reality supposedly. So what they've effectively done is, I'm sure there's loads and loads of brain work behind it, they've taken super pixelated 8x8 images, so 64 pixels, and they're able to turn it into something that is recognisable as a human face. And, which sounds completely ridiculous, but they've got some examples of um, pictures that they've taken what the Google Brain has determined. Is that, sorry, Google Brain, is that like a 
a product, a division. What it? What is it? It's I think, capitalized. I think it's, a, I think it's a division. I don't think that's the name of the product. I mean, because further down the article, it says Google Brain and DeepMind are two of Alphabet's deep learning research arms. So okay. hey, that's nice. But um, yeah, this particular image of reference is showing an 8x8 image converted into a 32x38 image that it's kind of figured out and then putting it next to the... The real image that the eight by eight came from, and although you can tell there are some differences, it's really interesting. I mean, this article doesn't claim that it's going to have TV quality enhancing. However, it does say that it might be able to help police forces, for example, find the suspect because, of course, oh. cameras don't always produce the best images, and this might be able to make things a little bit a little bit clearer so um it's... i love it and the and next time csi swindon comes on the tv and they say that enhance dano yeah. i i will no longer scream at the screen well look a little sprinkle of ai on everything isn't it and google have obviously running these uh, you know like deep mind and Br google brain uh, these these little divisions to do wow things makes a nice little story you know if it works great uh you know i could believe that it works i mean you know we've become quite immune i think you and i james to the kind of things that ai will do but this this is a this is a great story but i'm i'm not sure it's a tech tasm I All think right, well, let's, let's move on then let's move on please quickly now listen microsoft you watched the super bowl on sunday did you james uh no no, neither did I actually. But you were in the states, weren't you? Uh, no, I was at the back time? on Saturday. Oh, you back? Oh, just okay. in time to avoid it. Just in time to avoid it. Well, Microsoft is reinventing sports autographs uh, with a digital signature. Now they've unveiled the social autograph, which is a new concept which digitizes an age-old art form, the signature traditionally created with pen and paper by taking advantage of the company's Surface tablet and Windows inking technology. Winking technology. Windows inking technology. What do you think of this, James? Um, uh, why? Well, apparently... <laughs> I, I mean, it's not clear um, in GeekWire, which is where this story is, uh, uh, is um, to be found. But it's not clear whether this is just a marketing promotion designed to spark interest in Windows 10 and the Surface, which, of course, I don't know if you know, James, but um, Windows Surface is used on the sidelines during football games by coaches and players uh, thanks to Microsoft's um, five-year, $400 million deal that it inked with the NFL in 2013. So they've already got a presence on the field. Uh, this looks like, I mean, it, 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 it looks like PR to uh, promote to the footballing audience, uh, the American football audience, um, the device again to me. Or, or do you think it's real? I don't know. Will, will it catch on? I'm thinking this is possibly PR. I mean, as you say, $400 million deal to the NFL. They have to keep on doing these kind of things, don't they? So, um, yeah, I mean, look, to be honest, on American TV, you do see it a lot where there's a special app. I mean, I do remember Microsoft used the cloud for the primary elections for the uh, very early, the very early primaries. I think it was Super Tuesday. They, they were touting the Azure cloud and that was clearly just um, just some kind of PR. So people do this, right? 
Well, apparently in 2013, a Seattle startup called eGraphs did the same thing, allowing fans to purchase high-resolution digital photo uh, and get a personalized message from the athlete. Now, in 2012, ESPN had an article uh, entitled eGraphs are the autographs of the future, and apparently... Uh, the company split revenue between itself and the celebrity who would use an iPad app to sign digital photos. Unfortunately, eGraphs ran out of money and couldn't raise additional capital, ultimately shutting down in 2013. So it's not new, but I don't know. How would you feel about a digital, you know, if I gave you a digital signature, um, you know, written on the Tectasm logo, uh, would that have any value to you at all? Um. I already know you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm not really an autograph chaser. I don't think I've got any autographs of, of anybody. Um, I but guess it, doesn't it lose its authenticity? If it's digital, then it can just be copied without any errors. And it doesn't have a touch of the, the individual, the, the original person in it. There's no real connection. I, th- I think it's um, a, a horrible idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm just looking here. Um, um, at the Twitter comments for the Conan O'Brien one. And, uh, hey, look, that age-old conundrum, if you ask the internet, the internet will answer. And um, and not, none of it's pleasant. So <laughs> um, I'm going to say this is definitely a tech tourism. It's got marketing and PR written all over it. So, Well, thank goodness we found one this week on our anniversary okay. show. That's another year, or the first year, of Tectasm in the can. You can find us at facebook.com slash tectasm. Subscribe in the usual places and still contact us at feedback at tectasm.com. Yes, we've still got that domain. And uh, we record every Tuesday on most Tuesdays. We couldn't record last week because James was traveling. Uh, But watch out for next week's episode as we move into the second year. This is me, Lord Robin Yellow. And me, Mr. James Woodall asking the question on your behalf is it real or is it just a tech test